As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10, place your first bet on any game, and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. Ultimately, I'm going to keep saying it. Get 1% better every day. Just get a little bit better every day. This podcast is brought to you by DirecTV Stream. Get your TV together with the best of live and on demand. Learn more at directtv.com. And with that, I am Stephen Holder here with Zach Kiefer, and this is our latest episode of 1% Better. And, geez. (laughs) (laughs) I was wondering how you're going to start this one. I don't have any words. What do you want me to do? So, I don't know. All right. You guys saw the game. Colts, they lose. And, epic. Absolutely epic fashion in Baltimore. What the hell is the score? 31-25. Doesn't even matter. So, I, I think we'll start with this. Look, they, we could go a thousand different directions here, right? I mean, because you and I sat in that press box and it was like, <laughs> it was like stages, right? It was like, ah, man, they're going to blow them out. Oh, yeah. wait a minute. Hey, there's yeah. a lot of time left. Whoa, wait. Are they going to screw this up? Oh, my God, they lost. <laughs> it's like... It was like slow motion, how this played out. Um, So let me just ask you this overarching question, because I think this is something you and I talked about. We've been covering this team, actively covering this team on a daily basis for a long time. And in that time, I don't think I've seen a loss like this. You know, what what comes to mind for you? How does this compare to others? Is there another one? I'm glad you asked that. I was going to ask you the same thing. Um, you started in 13. I started in 14. We've covered some huge wins and some gutting losses, yeah. but no. Dozens of games at this point, yeah. This Nothing compares to last night. And and they've lost games in the playoffs, and we've covered those. But And, yeah, the stakes are higher, but nothing meets last night's absolute disbelief on my part. I I could not believe they lost that football game. I still cannot believe they lost that football game. And I do want to go through some of the context that's important, and we'll get to that. And I went through a lot of it today, and it did really kind of make me rethink the game. But Tuesday night, I'm sitting here, 24 hours later, win the damn game. Finish the freaking game. And I cannot believe they didn't do it. It had shades of Pittsburgh last year. But this was worse. This was a this, and I wrote this. This was a loss that could have changed the way we think about this team right now. 
they were beating the shit out of Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. Excuse my language, but they were. They were no, taking it to him on it's the road. It's very appropriate. I like it. And and you've been saying this for weeks. You need your best players to play your best. And, and we can get into all this later, but I'm looking at my story right now, and Jonathan Taylor is right there at the top in a photo. Carson Wentz. Darius Leonard was playing like the maniac once again. And then it just evaporated. And you just kind of had this feeling in the back of your head that, can they stop him? Like, can they stop him one time? No, the answer was no. He got four touchdowns, two separate two-point conversions. Everything went wrong for the Colts in terms of missed field goals and everything. And we'll get into that. But no, man, I, I, I just cannot fathom how that football game ended. Looking at Lamar Jackson's quarterback rating, 140.5. I don't. I didn't know you could go that high. I think that might be like the highest I've ever seen. Anyway, um, <laughs> so it can go to 158. He should be oh, higher than 158. How is he not 158? <laughs> All he did was throw touchdowns in the second half. Anyway, I think it's important. You mentioned something there, and I think that's a good segue. You mentioned context, and I think when people hear this, they think ah, excuses. No. I mean, our job is to explain things, right? And to give you an understanding right. of what's going on. So, I mean, if you don't want that, well, then I don't know what the point is, right? I mean, you know, these things happen and then we... This isn't first take. We're not just going to scream at each other for two hours. Right, right. Exactly. I mean, if that's what you want, you're probably on the wrong podcast, right? But you know that by now. We've done a couple of episodes before this, I think. So, so let's start with, I think, the, the thing that I wrote about, which was Rodrigo Blankenship, right? This is just, what a freak situation. So you and I were down there on the field before the game. You left and went to the press box a little before me. And so you saw him booting the ball pretty well. Now, I lingered a little longer and I noticed, you know, my colleague Chris Hagan at Channel 59, you know, we both kind of noticed, huh, he didn't hit that last one pretty well. He, he didn't hit that last one very well in warmups. And then he hits another one and it's like, eh, a little better, but. Okay, I'm not that impressed. And, you know, I thought maybe he's just warming up. It's not, you know, it's an hour before the game. Maybe it doesn't matter. And, of course, you know, I went along, I went on about my business. Well, as it turns out, that was probably about the time that Rodrigo's hip was starting to flare up. And he was experiencing this stabbing, this consistent stabbing pain, which sounds awful. For a kicker. Yeah, it sounds like he was in a lot of pain every single time he went back to kick. Yeah, and he said from from the beginning of his windup through all the way through the kicking action. So, I mean, that's that's a disaster, right? Uh, now, here's the thing. Okay, there's I think first of all, this happened in warmups. There's nothing they can do. You can't sign a kicker off the street half hour before the game, right? So that's obvious. Number two, I think. The Colts did, I think Frank Reich probably did the best he could under the circumstances in terms of dealing with the kicking itself. Now, there were other decisions that I have problems with, and we'll get to that. But I don't know what else you could do, right? I mean, he made a good point today, Frank, and he said, you know, he put Blankenship out there for that that last attempt in, in regulation, and they felt pretty good about it, right? And I, I think the, the thing about it was, look, I mean, he said... You know, he had made, actually, he attempted two late in the game. He said, you know, look, he had made one from, what was that, 43, 47 yards, excuse me. So I think, you know, it makes sense for him to attempt one from 43. But it was really, I think if you're Frank Reich, I mean, again, he didn't have a perfect night. And I'm not going to defend 
some of the things that he did. But I, I think that is just an impossible situation. I don't know that I've ever seen a coach have to do that. I mean, it's very rare that that happens where you basically have to coach in spite of your kicker and have to make these game-altering decisions based on whether you should or shouldn't attempt to kick You know, with a guy who may or may not be able to get the ball up. So, I don't know. I mean, what, what could they have done differently? Was there anything they could have done? I think they did the best they could there. And I think I give a lot of credit to Blankenship as well for, for trying to push through and, and giving them a shot at least. I mean, what were, you, what were your takeaways yeah, on I mean, that front? Let's be clear. This is a terribly bad break for yeah. any team. Like, no one can do what, what Rodrigo does on any team, right? The kicker is very unique. And, you know, they they charted out Sanchez. And, and I'll be honest, like, we're in the press box. Chris Ballard's right behind us, the GM. And we don't know what the hell's going on. And literally, he my know. question— He had no idea. He my question no to idea. him was, what the hell is going on? He didn't know. He didn't know about Rodrigo's hip at that point. Now, we found out later that he was dealing with an injury. But what the hell is Sanchez doing kicking a field goal? So it was that kind of night. But at that point, and to, to, to answer your question, at that point— Rodrigo should not have mattered. That's my whole thing. The kicker Fair. should not have mattered in this Fair. game because the defense absolutely crumbled and collapsed. But I do think that Frank could have been a little bit more aggressive. And, and you wrote about this and you asked him about this late last night in Baltimore. You know, I, I didn't love the two runs when they had the ball down there on their second to last drive because Carson Wentz was fantastic last night. Michael Pittman Jr., Jonathan Taylor, those guys stepped up. That's the new face of this offense. And they got down there, and I think they were on the 18, and they got conservative. Now, yes, you could always assume your kicker can make from 45 yards or whatever it was going to be, but this was a different situation, and and I would have liked to get even closer, and I would have liked to maybe go a little bit more um, in the air and try to maybe take a shot on third down or second down as opposed to setting yourself up for third and long. So it's easy for me to sit here on Tuesday night and, and second-guess those decisions. But at that point, I thought the defense was going to get a stop it eventually, and they never did. Um, they did a pretty good job of coaching around it. It's easy to second-guess now. Should have been a little bit more aggressive. I think Frank admitted that. But um, a terribly unlucky break to have your kicker have a hurt hip during warm-ups of a game. And the second thing is is what Carson said when they broke the huddle in the locker room. We need to find a way to get a killer instinct because they don't have that. Number eight on the other team did. And that, I think, might be what's most concerning this morning. It's not the kicker situation for me. It's just this team doesn't know how to win right now. And that's a big deal in this league because so many games come down to one possession. Right. So uh, along those same lines, you know, speaking of Lamar Jackson and and his ability to close things out. So more context, right? You have uh, this defense that, <laughs> I mean, this, this was a joke. Okay. I mean, An like, absolute joke. You like, were the I, next man up, man, in the second. I know. Right? I know. And my 40 timing, what it used to be, let me tell you. And so, I mean, there were times, I mean, you and I were sitting there like, oh, wait, 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 who's that guy? <laughs> like literally your, your expert sports writers, who are supposed to be experts on the Colts, we're sitting there like, why the hell is that guy in the game? And who is that? <laughs> I mean, I am not exaggerating. Uh, and so I think they had just uh, just a, an absolute uh, confluence of events, okay? You've, so you've got Xavier Rhodes taking a shot to the head. He's getting checked for a concussion. I, I think, was it Sandejo who also... Yeah, both of them had concussions. I mean, yeah. you had Bo Pete Keys out there. You had George yeah. Ortom at safety. You Anthony had a couple. Chesley. 
We had a couple. These are names we should not be talking about right now in October. These are names we should yeah. be talking about in late July in training camp. Yeah, so you had you had some guys going down with cramps. Now remember, they, they played a ton of snaps at just an insane uh, tempo in the second half. Now that's not an excuse, but that's again that's context. My point is, when these things happen, it's going to take a toll on the defense. And you know, Matt Eberflus talked about that today. He says, you know, in that in a situation like that, we just got to rotate as much as we can. Here's the thing: who are you going to rotate when everybody's hurt? And I think that's kind of what the reality was i mean they were not in a fair fight now no one cares right no one cares and no one's going to feel sorry for you the uh, the ravens are not going to send you a an apology card right it is what it is <laughs> right, right but it's i think cool. it's you guys were injured right <laughs> right it's like you know what hey you we'll, we'll take a tie you guys are hurt How about that? <laughs> but like you know but it, it's it's undeniable like I, I don't know i don't really know what else they could have done um i mean there there are certainly some some tweaks you can make right instead of this call maybe try that coverage instead but i mean i thought matt Eberflus got a pretty good grilling today and you know he was he was very he was very clear. He said, you know, we played this coverage, we played that coverage, we played two, three, four, we we mi- we mixed, we matched, we did everything we could. And and I'm not saying they did everything appropriately and at the right time. That's a that's a different question, right? But he's not wrong. I mean, they did try a lot of different tactics. I don't think I don't think the coverages were the problem. <laughs> I just think they right. couldn't get off the field because they couldn't stop this guy. And, and Lamar, the one thing that Iberflus mentioned that's true is even at times when their guys were kind of hanging in there in coverage, what happens is he buys time. And you can't have third-string corners covering these guys for, you know, five, six, seven seconds. I mean, that's just – that is not going to happen. So, as I said, it was not a fair fight. Uh, and I don't know. I wish I had a better uh, – I wish I had better context for you, like to – to say, well, you know, I wish they would have done this or that. I don't know. I, I just think they yeah. they were outmatched. I think, they were outmatched. I think both can be true. Yeah. I think Lamar Jackson is an MVP. He played like it. And, and you can't, you know, you can't really quantify that guy. Like the stats don't do it justice. How special he is, especially in the second half. I mean, the numbers are absurd. 503 total yards on the ground and in the air. When he's playing fifth and sixth stringers, he's going to shred them. Every good NFL quarterback is going to do that. My complaint with that is pass rush. And that's on you. That's on you. I know that Quiddy Pay is out, but you, you needed one big play. And when you give the, and I know that I know I was escape, escapable. I'm making up a word, but I know his escapability in the pocket. And I know it's tough to get him down, but you needed one play. And time and again this season, they haven't gotten pressure on the quarterback. And they beat one, and his name is Jacoby Brissett, and he wasn't any good that day. So, you know, that's, I think, the fault with this team. I'm not going to trash them for the secondary getting annihilated by injuries and, and not being able to contain Lamar Jackson because every everybody in the league with playing their fifth and sixth guys are going to get annihilated by Lamar Jackson. The pass rush, Toure, Banagoo, Lewis, you know, Buckner was chasing them down the field. You know, Grover was in and out. They needed a big play, and and again, this has been a it's been a story this season. They didn't get it. They didn't get it. And in this league, you need you need that. You absolutely need that. 
and they've been looking for a game record. And you wrote about this last week and how they're they've been really patient. But then again, Ballard has missed on a lot of these guys, which has led them to guys like Justin Houston and 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 they just needed one big play from the pass rush and they didn't get it. And Mark Andrews, my God, I mean, as Bob Kravitz, Bob Kravitz, our colleague, wrote tonight, he's still catching touchdowns on the Colts defense. I mean, that dude was wide open all freaking night. Cover him, maybe, maybe. Um, but, you know, it's a shame because, like, Julian Blackman played his ass off in the first half. And Darius played great. And it started to look like the defense we saw in the first half of last year. And then in the second half, it was the defense we know very well from watching this year. Yeah, I, I think the thing that that I think is worth repeating that you said, and it was something, it was a point I was going to make anyway. So I'm glad you said it. Is that they only needed one play? I mean, that's that's what this game was. This game was crying out for someone to make yeah. one play. And Do you know who makes that play usually, and who was really ticked off last night? Yeah, Darius. Yeah, yeah, and you know, and I think he he made a he made a fair share. He just didn't make them when they needed one. And that's what was unfortunate. Uh, you know, he got really, I, I thought he got really peeved when when he was asked, you know, whether the tempo got to them or the, the snaps. And he got really defensive. And I, that kind of made me think that it did get to them, <laughs> you know, to be completely honest. Um, he said, you know, we run all day. We practice really hard. I know. That's true. They do. And and look, they teach hustle. They're all about hustle, and they did hustle last night. I I have not thought that that had been consistent this year, but I thought they did that very well last night. So I give them that. Now, I, it's okay. I think there's no shame in getting tired. I mean, that can happen, and I I do think that was a factor. I mean, if you're at if you're at eighty five percent and Lamar's at ninety percent, you're probably going to lose. Oh, chasing him, chasing him around all night? Absolutely. You would be dog tired for sure. Yeah. So, you know, now the, the the Mark Andrews situation, the middle of the field there, that I thought was very disappointing because again, I mean, that's that tends to be uh the the soft spot in some of these zone coverages, depending on what you're playing. That can't happen. I get that. But again, I mean just by accident, someone's got to get a hand on the football at some point, right? I mean, or or defend a pass or something. I mean, so or break one up, something. And and the fact that they couldn't manage to get one, uh, that was just tough. I mean, a lot of times, too, they weren't even getting the third down. I mean, it was just like, you know, they were taking 10, 11, 12 yards at a time and sometimes bigger chunks than that. And it was just, it was too effortless. And, you know, it, it's almost like, you know, when... You know, if you've ever had a, a leak in a pipe and it's just spraying all over, you know, <laughs> I have had that experience. And it's like, what do I do? You know, what? where do you start? What What can you do? And, it, and it, it's just that's what it was. It was like the pipe is spraying right in your eyes and they didn't know what to do. And I don't know. They were overwhelmed. They were truly, truly overwhelmed. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.
And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. All right, there's two pieces of context we've touched on. Blankenship, the defense, and the, the being outmanned, basically, and, and some of the failures on defense. The other thing, you touched on it before, but I, I want to circle back to it. It's the third point in this context is Frank Reich and, and some of the game management situations. So we have, I think, the, the one that is most critical is with, I believe, 519 left in regulation. You've got a second and, or excuse me, a third and eight. And, you know, they're setting up for a field goal. They think they can win this thing. Well, they, they actually can make it a two-score game is what it is. Yeah, and which so, wins it because his hardball is using his timeouts. Yeah. They, so Frank was, was thinking if we get the ball back, we can just kneel it. Right. I was I was mildly surprised he was using the timeouts with six minutes left. But I think yeah, he you, saw you what they were doing. said that at that moment, yeah. Yeah, we, we were talking about that. and But I... I, I think in retrospect you can't knock him. He played it right, of course. So, but I but I think he knew what Frank was doing. He knew Frank was basically draining the clock. And the problem I have with that though is <laughs> you're trusting your defense a lot there, you know. And I don't have a problem with draining the clock, obviously, but you know to 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 settle for that long-ish field goal, knowing okay if you don't get it now you've got to get a stop on defense, and you haven't gotten one. In the entire fourth quarter, you know, really since late in the third quarter, they hadn't gotten a stop. I, I don't know that I would have felt that comfortable. But anyhow, what does Frank do? It's third and eight. They run Taylor inside. He loses four yards. Now they've got a longer kick. They get it blocked. Now, I don't know that a shorter kick would have made a difference because the the failure there was it was horrible. First of all, they uh, I believe it was Mark Lewinsky. Uh, yes. Let, Kelly, uh, Kelly's Campbell basically just completely blow up the, the offensive front there uh, in the protection. And so, I mean, he blocked that thing like it was, you know, Hakeem Olajuwon. I mean, you know, I mean, it was like it was swatted into like the third row. So I, I don't know that a shorter kick would have mattered under those circumstances if the same scenario happens. But uh, you know, of course, the trajectory is different if, with a shorter kick. Maybe you also but have. What are, what more, about or take a this? shot. Take a shot. Frank always believes in stepping on the gas and playing to win, not playing not to lose. Yeah. Here you're playing. You're kind of going against your gut. You're kind of going against your instinct. You're going against your identity. He's and don't think the fourth fo- down, right? The the football gods they they pay attention to that stuff. I mean. <laughs> It felt like I mean you could just feel it in this stadium. It was starting to shake a little bit when when, when Lamar would get going and and I anyone who doesn't believe in momentum, I I would put this game and say mm-hmm. I I disagree with you. And it felt like everything was going the Ravens' way, and you just get conservative in a situation. And Frank said later that like I wish I would have been a little bit more aggressive. That's coming from like you just said, Mister Aggressive, you know. And and the one thing we haven't mentioned is Frank had a really good game up to that point. We were talking about this in the press box. He was really dialed in as a play caller. They were setting things up. Carson was fantastic. 
even with the pressure that they were allowing at times on the edges. Um, I thought offensively this was his best game by far this season. In the biggest moment, he got away with what makes him him, and it cost him in a big way. Yeah, you know, and I, I wonder sometimes, because human nature is a real thing, right? And and I wonder sometimes, I don't want to psychoanalyze him because <laughs> that's not what we're here to do. But I, I do think that at that point, okay, you know, things were getting tight and a lot of things were starting to unravel, right? And so if you're Frank Reich, <laughs> you know, it, it would be different if maybe you were still in that portion of the game where things were, everything was going right. They had the Midas touch, everything they did worked perf- perfectly and now they get into crunch time and uh-oh here comes Lamar and, and man we can't get a stop and oh my goodness you know I, I think you start thinking almost like bad things are going to happen now because <laughs> bad things keep happening and, right. and that's what he said he said well you know I didn't want to get a sack I didn't want something bad to happen I was worried about this I was worried about that and that doesn't even sound like Frank Wright I was like dude who are you right now exactly <laughs> Exactly. That that was my take from that. You know, it's like, you know, one thing that he has always done a great, a great job of away from the actual field in terms of how he manages the team and players. He, and you know this because he says it all the time. He says, you have to be the same guy all the time, right? So what he does is like he's not going to go in the locker room yelling and screaming and firing brimstone, right? Because that's not him. They laugh at him, right? Like, what are you doing, man? Right? So... The same kind of applies here. Why are you doing these things that... Why are you now talking and, and worrying about things that that you say don't matter? You say you want to be the aggressor. You want to be the one forcing the action. Well, do it, right? So I get third and eight's a long way to go, right? In, in a situation where you don't think you need a touchdown. But man, the kicker situation would have scared the hell out of me. I don't know. I don't know. I, I guess, again, we're Monday morning or Tuesday evening quarterbacking here, but I just don't know. I just didn't, that didn't sound like Frank Reich to me. And I was do you a think, disappointed in that. You know, to put a bow on it, do you think they're losing confidence? Now, they can say whatever they want in press conferences, and they can say that they're holding tight and they believe this is going to turn and they're doing the right things and they're getting better. And I do believe they're getting better. But. Is it hard to think that they're just losing a little bit of that cockiness that you need to finish that game, right? I mean, you, yeah. you, you got to win ugly in this league, and that was going to be a pretty win that turned into an ugly win that turned into a really ugly loss because they didn't have that final 5% or whatever you want to call it. And, and, and look, I mean, we've covered this team, and everybody out there listening has watched this team for a long time. You've lived this on the other side a lot, Right. I mean, mm. Colts, Chiefs, Andrew Luck's playoff game, right? The Peyton Bucks game in 2003. I mean, that defies all possibility. Right. This was the other side, and they got to live with that, and, and they made a lot of losing plays. They really did. They found, they're getting good at losing games, and that's just the reality of it. And I got to think the confidence is a little shaken right now because of injuries, because of they haven't played well, because they're not winning. And – I think that impacted the way Frank Reich thinks about things. And he played not to lose and instead of going for the win, and it cost him. And I just feel like this would be such a different season right now if they had won last night and they were 2-3 and three with 
the Jets coming up and Houston coming up and Tennessee and and just you know San Francisco with the banged up quarterback situation. Everything would have turned last night, and they blew it. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, I mean, I I still think they'll they'll manage to to put themselves in a respectable position, but they they're making it so hard. It's like you said, and I, I do think yeah, the people who talk about momentum not being a thing. To me, those are people who never played football. Now, I, I look, I never played high-level football, but I've been around it enough to know. I understand. It does matter. I think it does matter. I absolutely think it matters. Uh, it, it shapes how you approach things, situations. It, 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 makes, it has a mental impact, I think. You know? right. And there's no question. I, I don't know if that's what motivated Frank Reich necessarily, but I, I tell you what, I mean, again, that was not his typical approach. You know, to be worried about, well, what if this happens or that happens? And actually, the, it's even made worse, and this is something I mentioned in my story, it's even made worse, to me at least, by the fact that Carson Wentz was destroying the Ravens, okay? That so dude's good, man. He's give good. Give him a shot. Give him a shot. He was destroying them. They could not defend him. By the way, great segue. Carson Wentz, give him his due. You know, there was all kinds of mixed feelings about this trade and i understand i get it and look the injuries that's a thing that's a real thing the interceptions last year can't overlook those the the inability to to execute quickly enough and taking all those sacks last year all those things are true they're all true and then you watch them last night and you're like you know what maybe they're right maybe they were right about this guy you know and you know i i saw i watched the the Chiefs and, and Bills the other night, you know, you see Josh Allen and you see some of the stuff Justin Herbert is doing. And it's like, man, you know, everything is possible with those guys. Everything's right. possible when your quarterback's right. playing like that. I know the Colts have so many other problems right now and they're just not themselves. But if they get right, and this is real, let's say this is real from Carson Wentz. Because, you know, I got to see it again. But like, if this is real and they get their act together, they can get their shit together. I mean, is it any different than some of those situations? I'm not saying he's I'm not saying he's Josh Allen. I'm saying it gives you you talk about momentum, you just talked about it, right? And belief, right? I mean, well, what gives you more belief than your quarterback be, being unstoppable? You know? So I, I don't know. I, I think that's going to be the most fascinating thing to watch the rest of the season. Is this Carson Wentz? And I always thought it would be. I thought this was going to be the story of the season. Who is Carson Wentz? And I don't know. I mean, here's the question. And I know you don't have a crystal ball, but I mean, is this real? Can he sustain this? Do you think? Yeah, that's a good point you brought up. It's funny. I was I was out on a walk Monday afternoon in Baltimore and I ran into someone who works for the team and I'll leave his name out of this. But Mm -hmm. he talked about how Carson is cultivating a belief within the locker room. And that's not something you can buy. It's not something that just quarterbacks get right. Like, you get that by playing your ass off on Sundays and being tough. And he played through the ankle sprains. And this person was telling me, like, these guys are buying into Carson. They believe in him. They've seen him go through it. And I think yesterday night took it to another level. And you hit it on the head with that one word. Great quarterbacks, if they do anything, they make you believe. And it's not just us who are watching this team very intently. It's not just you guys out there, the fans, who are wanting them to play well. The players need to believe too. And that's something you can't fabricate. 
And Carson is slowly doing that. And like you just said, that dude can play. Like he stood in there and he took a shot and he threw it down there to, to Pittman and Pittman made a stud play too. But um, Carson's tough and he's he's not quite all the way there and he's missing some protections and he missed a throw or two late high yesterday night. But like, come on, quarterbacks miss throws. And, and like I've, I'm sold on what he's done so far. Now he's got to sustain it. But I think more than anything, more than the stats and, and the record's terrible, I think he's getting the group to buy into him and to believe in him. And that's something they've been looking for for a long time. Now, Rivers was great last year, but that was a temporary thing. This could be something that pays off for years. The shame of it is, to kind of put a bow on this, the shame of it is they're one in four and Carson's playing pretty great, all things considered, with the ankles and all that and not having a preseason and all that. I mean, the headaches that we had to deal with for the first six weeks of the, of you know, since training camp started, the dude's been pretty damn good. And I think last night was his best game as a Colt. And I think this is what Frank Reich's going to get out of him. The shame of it is they're not winning games and it doesn't really get enough attention slash matter until they start winning games. Yeah, I think if you look at, Everything that Carson Wentz has done over a period of five games. And I think and when you do that, you have to take into account some of the realities. You know, we, we talked a lot about context tonight. And the context here is obviously two busted ankles, a lot of pressure in the first couple of games for sure. That's That got a lot better, by the way. Credit to the offensive line last night. I mean, those Pryor, guys blocked their tails off. Pryor was better on was right tackle. Move. Great move getting Julian Davenport out of there, to be honest. I mean, that they had to do it. They had to try something. And to their credit, they did. Uh, and it worked. But anyway, so so Carson, I think if you take everything into account that he's had to deal with, the injury injuries, I guess, the, the protection problems that they had, if you take it all into account and, and crystallize what he has done in spite of all of that, I think it's pretty good. And then what you're also seeing – is it's getting better on a week-to-week basis. Last week That's was vital. better than the previous week, right? Right. This week was better than last week. And so the arrow is pointing way up. His health has a lot to do with that. Uh, his comfort level. This guy missed all of training camp. Let's not forget, okay? There's so much that that we so easily forget you know, when we talk about how these things play out. We told you, and I think everybody knew this. This wasn't like revelatory. We told you this might take a while, right? He he was not only new. They didn't have off-season workouts, but then he got hurt and missed all the training camp. So he's not going to walk in and be in mid-season form. I mean, he's not going to have timing with his receivers, all of these things, right? Now you're starting to see him develop trust with Pittman. That is a real thing they got going. That is a real that's, established thing they got going there. That's the I future. Yeah, it's the future with 28 thrown in there, too. I mean, that's the future. Yep. And exactly. I think you mentioned 28. You know, he's he's starting to learn, Okay, if if it's not there, I'm getting it. Jonathan Taylor, you know, I'm going to check it down and he might take one to the house. Check it down on third and 15. and He's took it 76 (laughs) yards. Taylor, man, I did that top end. That was so fun. Wow. Special player. It really is. I mean, I don't know. I'm getting off subject here, but I don't know that I've ever covered a game or maybe even watched a game where there were so many just exhilarating plays that didn't matter. 
I mean, we, we haven't even got to the, Dar- the Julian Blackman's force fumble on right. like the two. Darius Best game I've return. seen Julian Blackman play since maybe early in his rookie year. Yeah. And then I, Isaiah Rogers took it to the house. And, yeah. you know, I haven't watched the tape really, really closely. If you guys out there have, let me know if I'm wrong. But it really seemed like it was a lateral to me, not a forward pass. Right. But they scored a touchdown anyway. But give him the – that was a hell of a football play. Like give him credit for it. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that's one of those that at the end of the year at the NFL honors the play of the year candidate. I mean, like that's that's on the list if you if it counts, right? And, and I just think, if, you know, it's a shame. It didn't matter in the end. I get that. But but it was that. It was the Taylor touchdown earlier. You know, Michael Pittman's play was Pittman's, spectacular. Pittman's go get it on the first drive of the second half was a tone I setter. It. For, it was like a like a two-play drive. It's like right, boom, yeah, boom, yeah. touchdown. <laughs> I mean, but that's that's what that just shows you, man. I mean, they, they got to get their act together, as I said. But I mean, this is this is a one in four football team, and they got to own that. Okay, that is all them. You are one in four, buddy. Com, you know, congratulations. But you know, if they can figure some things out, they have the ability to go on a run. I don't know if it's going to be enough. I'm not telling you they're going to the playoffs. I don't think no. they are. Yeah, I don't think they are honestly, but I think they have a chance to go on a roll and at least make this interesting. And you um, know why? Why you you cannot say that statement without one thing to start yeah. with. Carson makes you believe they can do things. Carson yeah. gave you a chance to go into Baltimore and win by double digits if the defense would have got to stop. But um, I think that's answering that big question that we kind of started the year with: Can he be the guy? I think he's becoming the guy. And, and that's a, a key point because I, I get that, you know, there's a lot. Uh, I get that the, the goal every year is to to win it all or, you know, get in the playoffs or whatever your goal is, right? The goal isn't, well, is the quarterback good? But for where this team has been the last couple of years and from where they came, you got to be honest and you got to understand, like, how important that would be. For this yeah. team to come out of 2021, and I've said this many times on this podcast, but like I, I think it's more evident than ever that if they get some clarity about that, that is a win. It's not enough. No one's going to be satisfied if that's all the season amounts to. Like, I'm not saying that you know they should no. be like you know throw a parade, but I'm just saying you know for the long term, you know this is not going to be the last season of football ever. God willing, right? So, like, you know, this is there's going to be other seasons. They're going to have to continue playing, right? I mean, they, and and to do that without a quarterback, let's let's say this. Let's say this thing was playing out terribly. They're one and four, and the quarterback's playing like trash. And then you're back to the oh, drawing board. Then yeah. where are you? It's a completely different picture. Yeah, right? and you know, and, and not to be the glass half full guy, but you know, I took a I took a minute today, and I. I you know, I've been thinking about the game when I was on the plane and, and I wrote down some notes like, OK, let's take a, an objective view. Carson's playing well. You can see it in him that he can be the guy. You got two stars in the making and Jonathan Taylor and Michael Pittman. Julian Blackman played his ass off. That's a really good top three pick from your 2020 class. Right. Pittman, Blackman, Taylor, like boom, boom, boom. You've got some young stars on this roster. Um, the defense has got to get it cleaned up. Period. Yeah. The corners are rough. You missed Rocky Sin like crazy last night, but there are some bright spots. But I don't want to excuse the fact that they blew the game and they're one and four. And it's just, 
it's just a shame because they've actually done some good things in the last couple of weeks. That was really, I'll be honest, that was a one in a million loss. <laughs> you know, I mean, it yeah. really was. Like, I mean, yeah. so many things had to happen for them to lose that game. I mean, only the Colts find a way. Yeah, I mean, well, if, maybe the Falcons. I think the Falcons could have done it <laughs> because that's them, right? I mean, the Colts right. probably needed more help for this to happen because they're they're probably too good. Now, I mean, look, let's be honest. If if one, if any one of like nine things happens, they win the game. Now, it doesn't matter. It's not going to matter if you only, you know, end up winning six or seven games. No one's going to care. Well, you know, there was that one game in October. No, no one's going to say that, right? And nor should they, because that's ridiculous. That's stupid. That's loser talk. But I think the reason it's important is because, again, they got a game next week and the week after that, right? So, I mean, these things are things that you can sort of apply to future games. So, I think it's important to at least understand that. Um the other thing I want to say about Wentz, and I forgot to to mention this when we were on the topic, but I want to just touch on it before I forget. I thought it was interesting that after the game, you know, so apparently Frank Reich chooses a player from the locker room to to basically, you know, sort of conclude his remarks after the game and break everybody down. Now, it's not breaking news that he would choose a quarterback to do that. But I thought it was interesting that after a game like that, where they're heartbroken and they're just shell-shocked. He turned to Carson Wentz and he said, hey, you know, say your piece. And that's when he talked about, you know, getting the killer instinct and closing things out, which I think is the right message. But the reason I think it's important is because, look, again, we heard so much about what happened in Philadelphia. I was not there. I don't know the whole story. I don't even care. It doesn't matter. It's water under the bridge. But I think what matters is how he applied himself as a leader here. You mentioned it earlier, Zach. You talked about how players are really responding to him. They respect his toughness. And he, I think, really has shown that for sure. This is not just me blowing smoke up you guys. Like This is stuff I've heard from a lot of different people who work in a lot of different areas of the building. Believe it. They are buying into this guy. He's playing well. He's really bought into Indianapolis. And he's playing well. And And the players are starting to see it in him. Believe me. Yeah. I mean, look, there was... You know, we had all this, we had all these sort of ancillary issues early. We had injury, which is like, oh boy, here we go again with Carson Wentz. The vaccination issue, right? No, we didn't enjoy talking about that, but like that was a question: is that right. you know should should that call his leadership into question and all that, right? I mean, I I still prefer him to be vaccinated, right? Locally, it has been a problem, but yeah. whatever. Uh, but but I got to give him credit. Like this is the kind of thing that you need in a situation like this. Uh, your quarterback has to be a guy who can hold the locker room together when things are are threatening to kind of come apart. You know, not that they're malcontents, but it's just, you know, at some point you're going to start to to wonder, like, all right, maybe this is who we are. And and I think the quarterback, A, he's giving them a reason to believe on the field and in the locker room, he's a guy who I think can be a rock for them. And this is not the guy that we were told he was in Philadelphia. Whether that was true or not, it doesn't matter. But this is not who we were told he was. So I think it's all positive. Maybe this is a crazy thought. And and the last night's loss for the fans out there, I know it hurts. And I know you're pissed off. And I would be if I was a fan of this team. But maybe they use this loss as an absolute example of what they could do and what happens if you don't finish. 
right? I mean, they've got this thing. This thing changes right now. The season changes. You've got Houston. You've got San Francisco, who's very beatable. You got Tennessee at home. You know, if you don't win that, then what are you doing? And you got the Jets, and you've got some tough games. You got to go to Buffalo. They're the best team in the conference. But Tampa Bay, you know, you've got the Raiders late. The Raiders, who the heck knows what's going on with them at that point? Um, Thank God we're not covering the Raiders. At least we're yes, not that. Yes, amen for that. <laughs> um, but what I'm saying is this: this is yeah. going to ease up, and they have played a really, really good schedule to start. A really tough schedule to start. If they're for real, it'll make them better. If they're not, then this will be a loss season. Yeah, I think I, I think it's going to be clear what they are. I said this last week. I said, you're going to know what the 2021 Colts are by the end of this season. It's going to be very, very evident, I think. They're going to get really tested. They've already been tested, but they just they didn't have all their bullets, right? So at some point, when they get a little healthier, they, by the way, they reaffirmed today, and I've heard this in multiple Oh, I heard this from multiple people. Deo Adengbo, that guy is going to play this year. I don't know yeah. how good he's going to be, whatever. I'm not saying he's going to be the guy who changes everything, but he's going to play at some point. I, well, I do they need pass rush? Yes. So yeah, uh, yeah, let's absolutely. see him. So they'll take it. Yeah. I still expect T.Y. Hilton to play. You know, Quentin Nelson yeah. is still out there. I mean, you know, this team, there's a lot of talent that's not on the field right now. So, yeah. You know, we'll see. I mean, the, none of these guys are dealing with season-ending injuries, to our knowledge. And so, you know, Braden Smith, he's close-er, I think. I, I, I did ask Ballard, like, when's that dude going to play? Is he going to play next week? And he said, God, I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I think that's know. the same thing that every fan out there would say. Yeah, yeah. So, look, I mean, I, I think to go toe-to-toe, to have your quarterback go toe-to-toe with Lamar Jackson on a night where he was Superman, I mean, that's got to give you some some reason for hope, and and to know that you've got some guys coming back in the lineup with a schedule that's going to moderate a little bit. You know, look, there's at least some reason for optimism there. But again, it's going to be freaking hard. Okay, they are in a world of hurt, and it's going to be hard. So, good luck to them. That's all I can say. Um, this week, I, I think it's going to be a short week, so I think that's a good thing, right? You know, not lingering and sort of uh, dwelling on this game, get right into Houston. And I think this can be one of those get right games, as they call it, you know, and I think kind of like the Miami game was get right. And then you've got a whole week to prepare for San Francisco, long road trip, and just, you know what, put it all on the line and see what happens. So I'm not giving them the Houston win. Obviously, they got to take it. But but I think, you know, they could set themselves up, you know, to go take a shot at the 49ers and, and see where they are. And then, you know, who knows? So... We'll see. Uh, all right, so that's the that's this edition of As the Colts Turn, and um, <laughs> <laughs> who knows what next week will bring. Um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll keep we'll keep on top of things, covering it for you here at the Athletic. And uh, like I said, we'll just see what next week brings. Um, I'm Stephen Holder with Zach Kiefer, and this is One Percent Better. Mm-hmm.